Welcome to Embrace the Unexpected with your host, Bernadette Butler. In this program, you'll learn how Bernadette and her guests were able to turn what seemed to be a negative into a positive lesson that they can teach others and give hope. Now, here is Bernadette Butler. The song, He Walked Across the Room, White Garment, He Was Clothed, His Face Still and Calm, He Began to Sing the Song. With love, the words spilled out from his lips of praise and glory to Yeshua's holy name. My eyes watched intently as shedded tears began to fall. Hear the sweet melodic voice expressing the words of his love. He sang so sweetly it released all his fears and pain. The words he sang brought a renewed spirit within. He was cleansed by Jesus Christ, all the old washed away. O come, O come, Emmanuel. My eyes watched intently as shedded tears began to fall. Hear the sweet melodic voice expressing words of God's love. Hello, this is Bernadette Butler, host of Embracing the Unexpected. My guest today is a return guest, my husband, Paul. (laughs) Uh, I I wrote that. Do you remember when I wrote that poem? Sort of, kind of. Our church have uh, visited the prison during the... Easter and Christmas holidays. They uh, in Ohio, in Northeast Ohio, there was one that were putting on plays, and they opened to the public, and you can go and visit. Well, that was my first time a couple of years ago, and I remember sitting there. It was a Christmas play, and uh, he, the young man, sang Emmanuel. And he was dressed in white. And I was like, gosh, I was thinking, why is he in here? He had such a beautiful voice. And I started crying. And I came home and I told my husband and I sat down and I wrote that poem. And uh, it, it just, that young man touched me. That's one of the things that uh, happened when having a son with autism, it sensitizes you and make you real sensitive to other people's needs and concerns. And so tonight we're going to have like a recap with my husband because he'll tell you which one of his shows was his favorite or whatever, because this is actually uh our last show tonight for like a break in God willing until September because Bernadette needs sponsors <laughs> and to support the show um, so I can stay on the air because Bernadette and Paul is average everyday working folks. Matter of fact, I'm uh, I'm not working and my husband is working. So, you know, it costs money to do such things. So if there's any sponsors out there and you like me, uh, call Camille Nash. And her phone number is, she's the executive uh, producer of Empowerment Channel, uh, 480-553-5757. I told her I was going to do that. So, hon, 
out of out of the 13 weeks, which were your favorite programs? Well, first of all, I liked them all. Um, I, I guess um, because of the most recent one, I probably enjoyed the last one you did last week. Um, um, it was very uh, entertaining, very interesting. And a lot of the discussions about autism can be interesting to those of us who may or may not have been affiliated with someone who has autism. Just hearing the dialogue of the guest in the past and their struggles or their challenges with autism made the shows very interesting. Uh, one of mine that oh it, it really gets me because I tried to uh, contact one of the elected officials in uh, Ohio. I'm not going to give up whether I'm on this show or not. Uh, I need to express my concerns. Remember when I had uh, a Tina Byers yes. on the show? Yes. And she worked in the uh, special ed classroom. Mm-hmm. And when she shared that they are going to make them take the state test without modification, I was like, oh, no, that is not a good thing at all. Mm-hmm. Because it would not be good for the school districts. Uh, if the test scores are low, that affects your funding to each of the school sites. So I want the audience to think about those, the children that are not in affluent areas. And you do this. And the test scores even get lower for them. That affects their 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 pay. Uh, that affects how the school is able to function with again little money. And I just don't understand uh, why the legislative body in Ohio is doing that. That is perplexing to me. Either someone is uh, not aware of what that would do to a school district, and uh, what will you do with the student? For example, you remember when I said uh, Melvin, before he graduated from high school to take the state test, and this is in California, mm-hmm. and... Um, they uh, said, oh, he can't take the state test. He, he won't be able to pass. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and you can't modify it all. But I had one section modified for him uh, that he had the most challenged in. Now, by <clears throat> modify, you mean to adjust the questions on the test? Correct. Or, or or you're kind of making it easier for them to understand the questions? Uh, yes, and maybe lessening the number of questions, say if it's 15 questions, mm-hmm. and he, they can get 10 questions. Okay. Well, that was at that time. So you have to remember this is in the 
he graduated around 1992. And so the test was modified and he passed it. Uh, I think the area of modification for him was in in uh, English, in the English in uh, area, and everything else left because he didn't have a problem with science. He didn't have a problem with his um, math or any of that. It was English, the reading, oh. and so uh, because it's not that he couldn't read, he can read. It just took him a longer time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And in the processing of the questions. So if you take that away from the child, they fail the state test. And, you know, if you can't pass the state test, how how many times are they going to have the child to repeat in the class? Hmm. And and see, one of the things that they started in the public school system uh, was when children, when some of the students I don't know if they're still doing this, but this is at the time that I was on the school board in California. And if they're having a hard time in the classroom, then they sent them to an alternative program where it was less students in the classroom. And um, uh, they had uh, the ratio for the teacher and the aide. It, it was more helpful for them because they got more one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But at that time, that alternative school was uh, some kids uh, 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 got their GED that way <gasps> because they were too old to be in the classroom because they kept failing. Oh, I see. So, so if if Ohio does this mm-hmm. well they're going to do it this spring and think of the children that will fail that and even on an older level at the high school level you got children with disabilities at the high school level and if they fail it and then what uh, so in essence they would be <clears throat> they may end up repeating grades because of that but how often will uh, will they let you repeat a grade in public school because I don't think they let you do that anymore you know when I went to school mm. the oldest guy that was in my classroom I'll never forget him because he was in my English class he was 21 years old <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh, he's ready for Social Security. <laughs> no, but you know what happened was, and, and, I, and I think I said that before, I, I love that principle. He, he didn't leave no student behind before mm-hmm. that phrase even happened. He never gave up on this young man. And he actually passed. And then he joined the service. He went off to Vietnam. At, at he got drafted, mm. but he got his high school diploma. He crossed. He he he, he graduated with us. Went across the state. Everything. Wow. Uh, and and you know what? He never felt like he was inferior. Like oh man, I'm I'm still in here. I'm 21. Mm-hmm. He was still working at it. But see, you don't have that opportunity anymore. Now they say, okay, you got to go to some type of alternative school or some other type of educational program to get your GED, to get your diploma, because the public school is not going to let you stay there till you're 21 anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I was in I was in Chicago. I grew up, you know, I'm from Chicago mm-hmm. and I grew up there, went to school there. So that's what they did. Uh, well, that particular school in Chicago because of that particular principal. Oh, I see. I don't think all of them was doing that, but uh, Mr. Theodore was determined not to have no one left behind. He was mm. determined that for everyone to get. So that's why I'm saying that kind of bothered me when uh, Tina shared that. I don't I, I don't see the help behind that. Yeah, you know, um, and, you don't know, if money is <clears throat> money's a motivating factor behind that, if if um, they don't want to use the resources to. Um, help the children you just or their budget does not allow that you just don't know what the real reason is in Ohio I don't know but I know for parents that have disabled children that this, a public school for the majority of us is where our children can go to get an education that's right because uh, charter schools some of them most of them uh, are not going to take children with uh, autism. Autism. Uh, they, they will if they're high functioning. Uh, I bet you. I'm. I'm just. I'm making an assumption. You know. I. Mm-hmm. I don't have children in the system anymore. I do. Ha- we do have grandchildren in in the system, but I've been out of the uh, area of special ed for a long time now. But uh, the questions that the parents have uh, that on the sites that I've been on, it, it to some extent, is still the same fight, you know, trying to get people to accept their children, trying to get what and not all te- teachers, some there are some teachers out there that uh, it's it's challenging to them. And that's got to be that's got to be tough as a parent to have uh, children with autism and there's parents with children who don't have autism and you're trying to uh, fight for what's right for your child against people who don't know or have not experienced someone who has autism. That's got to be a very tough struggle for those who are in that situation. Yeah, because uh, I did experience some of that with Melvin. Well, when I were was insisting that Melvin be integrated into uh, uh, the classroom, and uh, some of the parents uh, at the board meetings would say, "Well, uh, why why is uh, this person's son coming into my child's classroom? That it only slow it down." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man's insensitivity to man. Yeah, but uh, uh, Tina's um, really uh, stuck out like that. And then I really, uh, I really, I liked all my guests. And at times I kind of mixed it up. I didn't always talk about autism. Mm -hmm. I let other people share their embracing, their unexpected. But I did weave in about which was my unexpected uh, for sure was what happened with, with Melvin. I never expected that. No, and you can't, you can't plan for 
having a child with autism, we can't plan for the children who don't have autism. I mean, um, every parent is challenged, even with children who don't have autism. So I can, I can only imagine those who um, have children who have those extra special challenges, because children are challenging by themselves with with no disabilities and it's got to be extremely um I, I i give credit to those who have fought the good fight for their children especially the ones who have those special needs um, yeah that and 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 the thing is is that nobody wants to have to uh be a little pushy, you know, because if you're a little pushy when you go into these settings, uh, they could perceive you perceive you as a troublemaker. And who wants to be a troublemaker? Yeah, you want everybody to like you. Well, you want them to work with your child. Yeah. So the question is, how agreeable can you agree when you disagree? Right. And no one wants to be the bad guy or gal or person. Well, and sometimes, you know, you have to do what's best for your child. Mm -hmm. And if that means you disagree with the teacher and what's going on, then you have to disagree. Yeah, or have to challenge the teacher. Right. It, you know, some people, it, it, it's to all of us. We be in a profession. We don't want nobody. I know my job. And then, mm-hmm. you know, somebody come and say, but what if you can do it this way? Mm-hmm. You don't want anyone saying to you. No, I know. I already know. I don't need you to interject that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this like this for 50 40. years. <laughs> okay, it's time for us to go on a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, bebutlertheauthor.com, Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at bebutlertheauthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, Author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder, autism, and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey, from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at Amazon.com or directly from her website at bbutlertheauthor.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You're listening to Black Friday every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow, evolve, change. You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or to reach Bernadette Butler directly, send her a message at her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to Embrace the Unexpected. So, you know, I was at the breakouts start thinking of different stories that happened about Melvin. I don't remember if I uh, shared them or not because, you know, I, I was one of those parents that they say, oh, no, here she come. <laughs> uh, but it, to the parents who have children with autism or any other type of disability, and see, the, let me just say this about autism. Not all autistic children uh, have, it's at different levels. Some, you know, uh, do very well. And some, the reality is I've met parents and she, and one parent told me, no, my daughter can't speak. She's, uh, she was 27 years old. I I met her at, um, when I was invited over to the house, uh, the late, uh, I can't think of her name right now, that invited me over for a book reading. You remember when mm-hmm. my book first came out, Living mm-hmm. with Autism? Mm-hmm. And she asked me, would I come over to our house? Mm-hmm. And Erica, and and uh, she had a book club. Yes. And the wonderful thing is she had three parents there that had autism. And then the other three parents did not have children with autism but they were all friends and they were uh, sharing uh, the similarities that I went to to themselves and what they were feeling they had the same feelings that I did that I expressed in the book Living with Autism about feeling guilty at first, what did I do, and then trying to get beyond that. But one of the challenges was to challenge the system because they didn't want to buck the system like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. because they they didn't want to have trouble. And and yes, I'm, I'm going to tell you out there right now, if you when you challenge, you're going to have trouble. But guess what? You're going to have trouble in your life one way or the other. <laughs> I know that's right. And so I, 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 I wanted what I could get for Melvin as much as I could. And I, and I didn't know how far Melvin could go, 
But if I didn't challenge, I wouldn't have never known mm-hmm. how far Melvin can go. And and so uh, did that cause me a lot of grief in the community? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, there's one teacher to this day. After what? Melvin is 43 years old. That's been over 20 some years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Priscilla, <laughs> that I call my big sister. Mm-hmm. She said she was uh, in the um, in the hair shop, and there was that particular teacher still talking about me. And she said she didn't say nothing to it. She just let her talk. <laughs> and then when she was done, she said, you know you're talking about my sister, don't you? <laughs> she almost you, fell out of the chair. You must, you must have left quite an impression on that Oh, teacher. they was mad as red, red hens <laughs> in that school district. But uh, you, you, you want the best. We're like all other parents. We want the best for our children. It, and it goes back to the uh, young man that when I was in high school that we call the black Tony Curtis and, and, mm. and how he had Down syndrome and his parents sent him to school. During a time in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, there wasn't, the, yes, you know, people, when they were not sending their children to school. Think of those parents. They were like ahead of every other parent saying, I'm not locking my son up. Mm-hmm. I'm not keeping my child in the house. That uh, that uh, seared an impression. It's, it, it is as if the Lord said, I'm going to keep that in your memory bank. Mm-hmm. And I see why he did that. Because that was something that I went back to. When I found out that Melvin had autism and I thought if those parents during that time had that type of courage to send their son off to school like that, then I should, too. And while you were saying that, it made me think of one of your past guests, Willis, and how Willis was an advocate for his son and it makes me think of how a lot of men, not all of them, but some of them are ashamed of a son that may have autism or a son that does not live up to their expectations. You know, you know, we men have to get get away from that. I'm. I'm a man's man stuff and say, you know, I'm weak. You know, you're weak because you have a son that that, uh, may have a disability or may have autism, may be uh, uh, handicapped in some way. It's not about you. You have to you have to uh, realize that, you know, everybody's different. We all have different challenges and there's nothing to be ashamed of to to have a child that has a disability because, hey, we don't know. You know, tomorrow I may have a disability. I don't know, um, but uh, it, it's it's we're challenged by. I, I think sometimes we're given challenges, and those of us who can handle the challenges challenges are given them because the Lord thinks we can handle them. Or he's going to show you how to handle it 
That's right. And it's it's about life's lessons. You you know the poems that I've written and that I still write because because I write for the church uh, newsletter and I put my. Uh, well, that's a part of my job because I'm on the diagonal. And and so I take scripture, I read it, and then I write a poem about what I just read. And or it, and my experiences, that's where the poetry come from. My experiences with my son and the journey that I've been on, that's where the poetry come from. The tragedy that I had in my life growing up, that's where the poetry come from. It, it soothes, it heals, and, you know, you share it with other people. Uh, nobody's perfect. No. And, and uh, that's what I learned when uh, Tony Curtis, we called him Tony Curtis, that wasn't his name, um, <laughs> He went to school with us. He graduated with us. He had on his captain gown that day. And his parents uh, were joyful, tearful. And so was he. And uh, I, I, every now and then I'll go through my yearbook. And there he is. We had him as the most popular uh, person in the school. And they had him sit it, seated. And then all the girls had uh, had the hands on the shoulder and stuff, and he was smiling. That kind of remember uh, remind me of that time Melvin did that at school, <laughs> and the teacher called me and she said, "I think you want to get down here." And I go to the lunch room, and Melvin sitting in the lunch room, red back, one girl rubbing his head, and you know Melvin had a big old natural then, and 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 some other girl just talking. We, Melvin, <laughs> we all had hair back then, <laughs> and Melvin was like. <laughs> and I go sneaking up on him. I said, boy, what are you doing? Oh, mama, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I said, I know you better go to class. That's all I know. <laughs> he was just enjoying life at that time. Enjoying life. And and I and you know what? That might be hard for people to like. He had autism and act like that. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing that's not lacking in that I was aware of in the disability of any most they're human beings. Yes. They like girls. Uh, Melvin liked girls. Matter of fact, he he was the one that told me, uh, Mama, I like all the girls. I said, Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, and he even like. Um, he liked uh, women that was, uh, you know, a little bit older, a couple years older than him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he He liked the cougars back then. (laughs) He he liked that uh, uh, one of the receptionists at the doctor's office. She was 20 and she was going to college and he was 17. And then after he came out of the doctor's office after exam and I'm sitting out there waiting, he goes up to her and she said, okay, Melvin, you know, you have to come back next week. Okay. And then he going to whisper, can I take you out? dinner <laughs> I said what? what I got up out of my seat and I went over there <laughs> he said can, can I take you out to dinner <laughs> I said what you gonna take her out to dinner with you got a job <laughs> uh, no mama you, you you gonna give me some money I said no <laughs> <laughs> so 
I, I may have had my times of struggles. And I tell these stories because the younger parents, especially when you just get the diagnosed, you don't see ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can say that because it was hard seeing ahead. I used to cry all the time about what's going to happen to my son. Uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how they develop into a personality, if they have a personality, or what's going to happen. And so I tell these stories. I share these stories to let them know there is hope. There's always hope. Yes. You know, uh, God doesn't leave you without a hope. Christ don't leave you. He's not going to leave us without a hope, because he is hope. And so as I struggled through that, I realized that it's, you know, to tell uh, the the parents that are just starting to walk in that journey. Yeah, it's hard, uh, it's rocky, it's challenging, mm-hmm. but uh, just like our lives, uh, some days is better than others. And as Melvin got older and, and went, and when I actually took the time to look to look back or watch him, he was actually he's actually a funny guy. He got jokes. You know, uh, when I called to talk to him, what was that? Uh, the la- um, one time not too long ago. And I said, oh, OK, Melvin, uh, Mama going to check on, on you because uh, you can't call him all the time. OK, because Melvin don't like to talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I I talked to Kathy, and then I said, "Okay, Mel, uh, Mama love you, yeah." And uh, <laughs> Kathy said, "Hey, you tell your mama that you love her. Uh, she already know that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went on to his room. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? But I I don't I, now. When I was if I was younger. I would have been upset about that. I'm older, and I see he had. He's not saying that in a hurtful way. He Melvin do know that I uh, I love him, and so he don't worry as well as you know he loves you. Yes, and that reminds me of some marital uh, couples in marriage that. Um, some of them don't feel like it's necessary to say that they love you to one another because they feel like it's a given, <clears throat> and you should know that. Yeah, <laughs> but everybody, you ha- remember what Pastor Hunt said: love is a verb, <laughs> so uh, it's not it requires action. Yes, it's not an <laughs> adjective, and 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 so it, like you love your spouse, you show it. You mm-hmm. love your children, you, you show, show it. And I guess that's why I never, I don't know, I didn't tell my children that Melvin had autism, his sisters. They just kind of, in in a way, I didn't, I didn't want to treat Melvin different. different. And I don't know if that was good or bad, if you know what I mean. Well, <clears throat> I guess if you don't point out something that's different about a person then there's like a natural flow and um, as long as they didn't treat him like uh, they had to had to put on rubber gloves every time Melvin comes around and and don't hurt Melvin's feelings and stuff 
you know, sometimes we can be overprotective of our children. And uh, sometimes that creates a bigger problem than the, the original problem. Yeah. You know, when Melvin got older, I um, let him move his because I had him all upstairs on one floor. And then when Melvin got older, I uh, let uh, his uh, middle sister, she moved into his room. Melvin went downstairs to the uh, uh, bedroom downstairs and across it had a full bathroom. And then uh, the youngest, the baby girl, had her own room. And that was because they got to uh, fussing about uh, the bathroom. And and see, I saw that as a typical. Yes. Um, Happens in every household. Yes. <laughs> Whether Melvin had autism or not. Mm-hmm. And what I remember one day, um, I said, who messed up this bathroom like that? And I said, Melvin, you was the last one. He told me, that is not me, mama. That's them <laughs> girls. And he went in his room and shut the door. So I figured, okay, it's time for me to let him have his space mm-hmm. and them. So you see, uh, your children is are your children. Yes. Uh, disability or not. Or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hard thing, uh, as I shared with everybody before, was the letting go. But you can't hold on to your children all your life. No. And even if the ones that have a disability, they can be on their own or semi on their own. For me, because he asked. And he told me I need my own space. Mm-hmm. I had to respect that. That's right. From him. I had to respect what he was saying to me and not foo-foo it off and say, well, you're not going anywhere. Because I don't know what that would have did to him if I did. And, and even Melvin, uh, a child with disability uh, or a young man with disability, realized that he needed to be a man. Yes, isn't that something? Where some of these people can't even leave their mama and daddy's house and they're 40 years old. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But I hope uh, hope during this time that we help people with the stories and stuff because I surely love telling them. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I'm your wife. I, I can talk. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting ready to go on a break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, bebutlertheauthor.com, Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at bbutlertheauthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, 
author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder, autism, and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey, from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at Amazon.com or directly from her website at bbutlertheauthor.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You're listening to Black Friday, every Friday here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Grow. Evolve. Change. You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or to reach Bernadette Butler directly, send her a message at her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to Embrace the Unexpected. Now, one one uh, thing that I got out of doing uh, the 13-week program was um, having a little bit more insight into what was going on with Melvin mm-hmm. because uh, they really don't know what caused autism. They just deal with symptoms they really don't know why uh, children are affected like that. So I had to stop myself uh, mm, a couple of times after that show thinking, did the forceps do that to Melvin? You know, with the doctor uh, pulling um, Melvin out, which was, when you think about it, that was so unnecessary. Very Primitive. <laughs> uh, yeah, they when I remember when the head crowned, they gave me gas uh, and and put me to sleep, and then they proceeded to grab his head and and pull him out. <laughs> there was no need for them to do that that I know of, and uh, and maybe <clears throat> back then. Maybe that was common. I don't know. I don't know, because sometimes with the hospital, especially, well, I'm going to just talk about me. I, As an African-American female, at times with some of these doctors at the hospitals and stuff, it's not a very good experience. They don't discuss, as far as I'm concerned, do they give good patient care to all of their patients, and especially during that time. So uh, I was in an area that uh, uh, at that time in Chicago that was still uh, uh, not integrated. Mm -hmm. 
and a hospital that definitely was not integrated at that time. And I come in and I'm having a baby and then their quick solution is put her to sleep, pull the child out. And, you know, I don't know if that had any effect on Melvin. I used to think about that and then I'd let that go. So that's something else I have to let go and just say, you know, I don't know what it, it, if it did or if it didn't, I'm not going to discount it. But it is a journey that I went on. And it wasn't just about healing or finding ways to help Melvin. It was about the Lord Jesus Christ healing me also. Because I imagine you you're a lot stronger person after you went through all that. Um, By being an advocate for your child, you came out on the other side of uh, feeling as though you actually accomplished something, not only for Melvin, but for yourself. I don't know, because, you know, I've always been uh, self-conscious of myself. I, I I never I have never been a I I don't I'm not confident like I should be about things at times more more or less confident of myself than I am and and I that's always been a, a struggle for me e- you know even with writing the book and mm-hmm. then and and it's not writing just two, two books. Two books. <laughs> Two books, having your own radio show. Uh, yeah, um, for uh, yep, thirteen week pilot. And, and this this confidence of yours is still lacking <laughs> in spite of these accomplishments. And, um, being named the California Woman of the Year. Yeah, I still like. I, you know what? Uh, this radio show is on that level because I remember when that happened and. And I remember the uh, representative that came to me, and and uh, and his he representative Rootwith in uh, California said, "I, uh, Bernadette, I want you to be my uh, California State Woman of the Year." And I was thinking in my head, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> the reason why he did that. Uh, well, he was reading in the paper, number one, about me, because, you know, by then I was on the school board. And I got on the school board because of advocating not uh, for Melvin, which evolved in mm-hmm. advocating mm-hmm. for all the other parents and mm-hmm. stuff. I, I was uh, unknown in the in the area. Um, uh, I wasn't tied uh, uh, to uh, the wealth of the community. Uh, I I was uh, called a community activist. You Mm -hmm. know, people don't like that. Mm -hmm. They don't like grassroots folks. They think (laughs) uh, you're all wild. You're you're a rebel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Rebel with a cause. (laughs) I'm not going to deny that. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, it's just that I, I... I couldn't believe I said, don't you know somebody else? And he said, I had already gave it. Now, remember Roy Rogers? Now, mm-hmm. my audience may not know Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, where they lived out 
not in that area oh, where I came from. Okay. And he said, I already gave it to uh, her two times. I'm going to give it to you this time. And I remember walking down the um, the halls up at, at the state capitol. And at that time, uh, Jerry, Br- it was it, uh, not Jerry, uh, his I cannot think of his name. I see his face. Uh, and he looked at me and he said, what are you doing with this turkey? So you had the Republicans on the right side with their mouth hanging down and the <laughs> Democrats on the left side clapping and laughing because they was like, are you kidding me? He picked her. <laughs> <laughs> I guess back then the parties could stand one another. <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> It, it's no different. Ain't nothing new under the sun. You know that's in the scripture. All the same. People think, oh no, they were still acting like they act like that then. They act like that now. At at that time, uh, Congress uh, uh, woman Maxine Waters was mm-hmm. in the state. She was she was in the state capitol at that time. She was a representative, mm-hmm. and uh, she was there, okay. and she was laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny. I used to know these people. And sometimes I think back and I said, did I know? Did I really? Did you did really I do that? Well, Lord, did you emerge me in that? And then sometimes I get kind of nervous about, OK, because it's like if I had not had Melvin and had not had that experience with Melvin, that happened. would I had experienced any of that? Probably not. This is why you have to embrace what's going on mm-hmm. around you. Embrace the unexpected. unexpected. And so, uh, and even, you know, the funny part now, some of the people when I, uh, after I wrote the book and some of them would, that know me would say, you know what, is that true story about you walking around the school like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I say, yes, that story is true. Uh, I... Uh, they had kicked me off the campus, and yes, I, I uh, that uh, that school was my Jericho, and um, and I was gonna be Joshua. So I walked around that school for seven days, and in that time, the principal tried to stop me, and I kept going. And, I, I, you know, I remember when they called me in the office and they were telling me, you can't you, you can't come on the school district grounds. And this is for advocating for my son. Mm-hmm. And that's all in your book. <laughs> yeah. Living with living with autism. God, me, me and Melvin. And and so I guess that was my purpose. Yes. Experiencing that embracing that so unexpected. And I know people probably listening and say, wow, what a story. Yeah, wow, what trauma. (laughs) But, you know, I could not have made it through any of that if it had not been for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I would have been undone. So uh, my husband and I really enjoyed uh, all of this, the time, the yes, uh, the time we've had to sh- share with the radio view, radio listening audience, 
especially it's fascinating to know there's people all over the world who've tuned in. Yeah. And, and we want to give a shout out to our listening audience. Yes. And thank you very much. Yes, we do. We thank you. I thank you. Uh, you know, uh, Paul don't like to come on the show. I, I, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he came one time. I made him. I said, this is the last show. You And, you know, hopefully, Lord willing, uh, we're, we're going to return in September while we work on uh, getting sponsors so we could come back and uh, pick up with the discussion and, and delve more into uh, autism because I want to talk about what the, uh, the CDC was saying about uh, uh, the shots. It, it, doesn't, it, it has no effect and it doesn't cause children autism. But they have yet to say what studies that did they do and what children did they study and for how long did they study this? Mm-hmm. You know, they just come out and say, oh, it has no effect. And, and I know they want everybody to be inoculated. I'm not against that. Maybe, you, maybe they need to wait till they're a little older for their uh, immune system. Did they ever think about that? But uh, before we get too late, I want to uh, close with this uh, last poem. It's called Follow Me. And that's what I did when I went on the journey with the Lord about my son with autism. It's called Walk With Me. I was quietly sitting in my garden. I felt the breeze of the wind brush against my face. I can hear the melody of music from the birds. Flowers bloom in vibrant colors. Bees buzzing, hummingbirds humming. I saw footprints among the lilies. His voice whispered, walk with me. I heard his voice. My heart made a choice. I rose and followed the sound. Where can I find you? Why can't I see you? Walk with me, the words lingered in the air. Walk with me. Can I find him if I put my feet into the path that his feet lead? Would I dare? Come walk with me. Follow me. How can I find you so I can be set free? Look with the eyes of your heart, hear with your ears, then your heart will open and you'll know I am near. I opened his word and began to read as his word began to flow in my heart. I understood he is near me and will never depart. I placed my feet where he walked, the fragrance of his love filled the air. I closed my eyes and breathed him in. I have given you all that I, you need. I have restored and unlocked the chains. I have set you free. My heart made a choice. I placed my feet into his footprints and my heart into his hands. I am resting in the rhythm of God's love. Again, we thank you, listeners. You never know no, what, what might have, have been, been if, if you, you don't, don't embrace The Unexpected. This was your host, Bernadette Butler. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace the Unexpected. Be sure to join your host, Bernadette Butler, for another episode next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great weekend.